Thank you for downloading a Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan. Hi, I'm Tim Donnelly. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us today. Many think they've found the answer to world peace. It's shouted with confidence, but the reality is it's self-defeating and soul-destroying. Alec has a passion for pursuing truth, practicing tolerance, and promoting critical thinking. An author and a speaker, you can find out more about Alec and his resources at www.alexmcclellan.com. It seems world peace would be a popular goal for popular culture, even if many believe it's forever out of reach. However, others imagine they've found the solution. There is something we can do to see this dream become a reality. On today's program, Alec talks about what he describes as the bubble theory. Is this the answer for world peace? I think everybody should be left alone to believe what they want. I was speaking to a group of students in Scotland, and after sharing with them and we had some interaction, one young man raised his hand and said, I think everyone should be left alone to believe what they want. And he said so with a degree of satisfaction, as if this is the answer we're looking for. This is going to bring about world peace. And there's something about it that does sound attractive if everyone was left alone to believe what they want. I mean, wouldn't that just be the end to wars and to strife and conflict? But I call this statement the bubble theory. I call it the bubble theory because it bursts the moment you try to take hold of it. The statement, I believe everyone should be left alone to believe what they want, fails on two major counts. The first one is this. This statement is self-defeating. It's self-defeating. If someone says, I think everyone should be left alone to believe what they want, that person is not leaving other people alone to believe what they want. That person very subtly is telling other people what to believe and they ought to believe this, that everyone ought to be left alone to believe what they want. Now, it's very subtle, but don't miss it. The person who says, I believe everyone should be left alone to believe what they want, isn't leaving other people alone to believe what they want. If the idea is that we all stay within our own little bubble, this person just uh, very subtly left their bubble, stepped into your bubble, told you what to believe, and then scurried back into their own little bubble. You can't speak these words without doing what you just said we should not do. It's a self-defeating statement. That's the first problem. The second problem with this uh, idea, the bubble theory, the reason it bursts, is that it's soul-destroying. It's soul-destroying. We don't want to live in a world where everyone's left alone to believe what they want. Can you imagine? There are many beliefs in this world that are wrong or they're dangerous or they're damaging. And we want to speak against them. We want to try and correct them. We want to bring people back into line with what is right. Many people have got beliefs that are dangerous or damaging, sometimes even to themselves. We have helplines that people call if they have beliefs that are dangerous or damaging to themselves. And so we want them to call these helplines. Can you imagine, for example, a suicide helpline 
or someone was struggling with, with the belief that their life wasn't worth living and they called a suicide helpline and the person on the other end of the phone just affirmed them, encouraged them to do what they were uh, wanting to do, uh, maybe just even suggesting ways they could do it. I mean, can you imagine? And I'm not making light of a very serious subject. I'm showing how ridiculous it is to suggest that we want to live in a world like this. If someone has suicidal thoughts, we want them to call a helpline. And the purpose of that helpline is to correct their belief, to bring it back into line, to share reasons why their life is worth living, why their life is valuable. This idea, you know, that we just want to uh, leave other people alone to believe, believe what they want. You know, it's a self-contradiction, but also it's soul-destroying. We don't want to live in a world like that. Well, sometimes people will say, listen, people can believe what they want as long as nobody gets hurt, <laughs> as long as you don't hurt anybody. I've sometimes asked people, what do you mean by hurt? And the idea, the expectation typically is physical hurt. You think, okay, you know, you have your beliefs, keep them to yourself, but don't go and hurt someone else as if you hurt them physically. And I always point out, well, is that the only way we can hurt people physically? What about psychological hurt? What about emotional hurt? In fact, I've often said to people, would you rather have a broken leg or a broken heart? And 10 out of 10 say they'll have the broken leg. Why? Because it heals quicker than a broken heart. Some broken hearts never mend. So the idea you can just believe what you want, but you're restricted by the fact you can't hurt anybody and hurt means physical, but also psychological and emotional. So if ever you want to try and believe something and someone says, you can't, you can't uh, believe that because that would hurt my feelings. Can you imagine? This idea, this philosophy starts to break down very quickly. Well, we want to go about trying to build a strong belief. And that's very important. It's important to build strong beliefs in your life because all beliefs are not created equal. People believe different things. Yes, they do. But that doesn't mean every belief is equally good. It doesn't mean they're all in a plateau. Some beliefs are better than others. And we know this, but sometimes we have to remind people. Sometimes I remind people by saying, imagine with my youngest son, Asher. He's a bit older now, but imagine when he was very young, I was going to teach him how to cross the road. And so in the neighbourhood where we live, I was walking out with Asher. He was just a little kid at the time, just for illustration's sake. I'm holding his hand, uh, walking along. And maybe some of the neighbours saw us walking, said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to teach Asher to cross the road today. Oh, that's so cute. And they're watching as I take Asher along the pavement. And he's looking into my eyes and holding my hand. I say, Asher, when you get to the edge of the pavement here, you stop. And so he stops and he looks at me and smiles. I say, now, Asher, you close your eyes. And he hesitates for a moment and looks at me and I say, yeah, just close your eyes. And so he closes his eyes. And I say, Asher, what you want to do now is just listen to your heart. And when your heart says you can cross the road, cross to the other side. Or if it doesn't, just wait to see what your heart tells you. Can you imagine the neighbours saying, oh, that's so cute. It's a little bit different, but you know what? Hey, that's the day of diversity, right? We want to embrace diversity. In fact, the local school is having a day of diversity. Maybe you and Asher want to go along to this school and maybe you can share with the other kids. This is another way to cross the road. That would not be the conversation. They would be saying, Alec, have you gone nuts? That's not how you teach Asher to cross the road. You don't close your eyes, you keep your eyes open and you listen carefully. And when it's safe to cross, you go as quick as you can safely to the other side. These are two different beliefs, but one belief is better than the other belief. 
and we're not ashamed to say so. We have this kind of latent idea that all beliefs are created equal. They're not. Some beliefs are better than others, and we want to try and build strong beliefs. And that is so important to build strong beliefs on a strong foundation. Jesus told a very memorable story about this. Uh, we can read about it in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. It's a famous parable that Jesus told about a wise man and a foolish man. He said, you have a wise man and a foolish man. One, one man built his house on the sand. The other one built his house on the rock. Now, if you pressed pause there and said, Alec, who's wise and who's foolish? I'll tell you. I live in California. I'll tell you property prices for people who have got beachfront property. You live on the beach, live on the sand. Wow, it's amazing. It's very expensive because it's a fantastic experience, I'm sure. Unrestricted views of the ocean, just enjoying every sunset in the morning, going for a swim before breakfast. And when you come in from a swim, maybe you're looking at the guy way back on the rocks who's peering at the ocean through his binoculars with a smug expression. But Jesus said, hang on, I'm not finished. He said those blue skies turn to grey that day. And when the storms come rolling in, that's when you find out who's wise and who's foolish. Because when the storm comes, the man who's built his house on the sand, it comes crashing down. The man who's built his house on the rock stands firm. You see, in life, it's hard to tell who's wise and who's foolish. When the sun is shining and the sky is blue, Jesus said, you find out who's wise and who's foolish. You find out what you're really building your life on when the storms come. And Jesus said that's so important because the storms are coming in this life and in the life to come. You need to build a strong belief. You need to stand on a strong foundation. Another thing about belief that's important to underline is that sometimes we think belief is on or off. It's like a light switch where you believe it or you don't believe it. It's on or it's off. Well, belief is more like one of those dimmer switches. You know the switches whereby the light's off and then you turn it a little bit and it's on, but it's quite dim. You turn on more and it gets brighter and brighter and brighter until you turn it on all the way. That light can be on anything from 1% to 100%. That's more like what a belief is like. Belief is graded. You can have a belief from 1% to 100%. You might say, I believe this, but it's maybe a weak belief. Maybe it's only 5% or 15%, but it's still a belief even though it's a weak one. Now, that belief can get stronger. A strong belief can get weaker. In fact, you can even believe one thing uh, and that belief can change and take you in the opposite direction. And so belief is more like a dimmer switch and you've got beliefs of all different strengths. Uh, but a weak belief can get stronger. And one of the things that I do is that when I encourage people to think about what is true about this world, people who believe that they've grasped the truth of the Christian worldview, is I want to strengthen their belief. I want it to get stronger. I want that light to shine brighter by adding more reasons to believe that this is true. One of the things we have to address when it comes to belief, uh, I call it the myth of make-believe, is that some people say, well, I can believe whatever I want. Do you know if someone says that? You've got every right to say, oh, no, you can't. I can believe whatever I want. Oh, no, you can't. If you do not believe something is true, you can't just make yourself believe it. If you believe something is not true, you can't just snap your fingers and make yourself believe it. Belief doesn't work that way. Beliefs kind of rise up within us. Now, you can resist a belief if it's one that you want to fight against or that is not going to be comfortable or convenient, but beliefs rise up within us. We don't 
choose to believe something that we actually don't believe. And this is really important, particularly in the context of Christianity. If you meet someone who says, you know, I really don't believe that God exists. You can't say, but you're going to burn in hell if you don't believe. They can't just snap their fingers and make themselves believe it. They really don't believe it. So they could be concerned, and I hope they would be concerned, but they can't instantly change their belief. You can't directly change your belief. But here's the good news. You can indirectly influence your belief, which is why you believe things today that you never used to believe in the past. And some things you used to believe, you don't believe them anymore because beliefs can change indirectly as you're influenced by other factors. So if I meet someone who genuinely does not believe God exists, I could say to them, listen, there's some things I'd love to share with you, reasons that have encouraged me to believe that God exists. And if they are willing to listen to those reasons, they can find those reasons start to steer them in a different direction. We see this in the life of C.S. Lewis, for example. C.S. Lewis was famously an atheist. He believed God did not exist. But then he came across many reasons to believe that God did exist. His belief started to change. He became a theist. He believed God did exist. Eventually, he became a Christian theist. He believed the God of the Bible exists and is true. And part of his journey, C.S. Lewis eventually believed that God did exist. And he did so unwillingly, if you like. He was fighting this and trying to resist it, but he couldn't deny it. And he describes himself as a, perhaps the most reluctant convert in all of England. And yet, when you read his autobiography that describes his spiritual journey, you can take comfort in this. It is called Surprised by Joy. The decision to follow the truth came first, and the joy came later. What do we want to do? We want to know and believe and have confidence that what we believe is true. And when we do, the joy will follow. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about Alec and his resources at alexmcclellan.com. That's www.alexmcclellan.com. I'm Tim Donnelly, and thanks for listening to A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan.